You're listening to Radio Influence. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. How's everybody doing out there this week? You know, uh, you know, I have to toot my own horn a little bit, just a little bit. You know, this month of February, this month of February, my publication, Sport Bikes Inc. magazine, we are celebrating our 100th, 100th issue, you know, and that's that's something that I'm really proud of. I'm really proud that, you know, a magazine that I started back in 2010, you know, and over the span of nine years has been able to grow and, you know, touch the lives of, of many riders and inspire, at least I hope, has inspired new riders and, you know, brought this massive global riding community just a little bit closer, you know. So I want to, you know, personally give thanks to everyone that's had a hand in the, the growth, the longevity, the, the everything that is SBI, all of my writers, all of my photographers, my friends, my family. Uh, my support system, my psychiatrist, my lawyers, everybody that has helped me get the magazine to this point where, you know, we've we've done a hundred issues. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of you. Thank you. And now that, you know, we have life in the fast lane, I'm hoping that we can, you know, I'm looking forward to to the epi- to the 100th episode of life in the fast lane, you know, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I hope that we can we can say the same thing about touching the lives of riders and, and growing and, and bringing the global community closer and just expanding this love that we have for all things motorcycles. So thank you, guys. I appreciate you. You know, Black Moses loves you on this episode of Life in the Fast Lane. My guest is the superstar, moto journalist, my personal spirit animal, good friend, Adam Showtime Wahid. Welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, y'all. Let's ride. I met Adam Wahid in 2011 at a press launch for the Envy Augusta F3. Now, Adam is as much a beast with the words as he is on the bike. He's currently the senior editor at Motorcyclist Magazine. Please welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, Adam Showtime Wahid. Alan, hello. Hi. Good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, buddy. How about you? I'm doing very, very well, man. How it's we last saw each other. Where were we at? Was it uh, was it in Vegas for the Kawasaki press launch? Is that the last time that we saw each other? Yeah, you're right. The Ninja ZX6R this past fall. Yeah, October. That was good times, man. Yeah, that was a fun one, don't you think? That was a great time. You know, that was. Uh, I didn't know that Nevada had ski slopes. 
<laughs> we took that ride up to what was it? Do you yeah. recall the name yeah. of that mountain? Mount Charleston. Mount Charleston. Yeah, that was that Charleston. was good times. Char- yeah, yeah. Mount Charleston. I, I didn't really realize. What's that? No, no, no. Go ahead. You were saying. I said I didn't realize that mountain was so near. You know, Sin City. Either. You know, just an hour outside of town, you're riding through the canyons and up up a ski mountain. Cool. It was it was cool, man. It was it was cool to go through those elevation changes. Um, you know, we spent one day on the road, and then we spent the next day at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, which was dope. It was good times. Yep, it was totally awesome, man. Good stuff. Totally man. awesome. Now you've been, you know, a motor journalist for how long? Uh, I've been doing this. I started doing this. I think in the in uh, 2006 or 2007, maybe 2007, 2007, 2007. So it's been like 12 years now. And and what, you know, before you became, before you, you know, ventured into this side of things, I, obviously I've written with you. So I know what a beast you are on, you know, on the bike. I, I know, and it doesn't matter if, if it has two wheels and an engine, if Waheed is riding, it's, you know, it's showtime. It's showtime. So obviously, oh, thanks, buddy. Oh, no, dude. Thank you, dude. Like sometimes like I'm, you know, I just sit back and watch you and I just, you know, like, yeah, you know, that dude's fast. That dude's really fast. Um, what before journalism? What what did you do before? Uh, before I got into the motorcycle journalism thing, I was just doing odd jobs. Honestly, I was working at. You know, I worked at a transportation company for a while. I worked at some other odd jobs doing goofy stuff. I just never was able to really find, you know, anything that I would really could really wrap my head around or really get into. Everything was just kind of a bore to me, you know? Yeah. So nothing really held your attention until the bike thing happened, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I was a, I've been a lifelong motorcyclist. I mean, I got into motorcycling when I was probably around 14 or, you know, 13, 14, 15, that that time frame and then you know as soon as i got my my first motorcycle my first personal motorcycle when i was 18 that's when it really kind of bit me hard and go ahead i'm sorry a lot of ups and there's been a lot of ups and downs and zigs and zags but the only one constant in my life was always motorcycling so that's what i always wanted to do you know just as a hobby yeah and i just kind of fell into it right time right place sun's moon and stars all aligned and <laughs> I just kind of fell into it by chance and and I just you know I wanted to make it work so I just kind of learned as I as I went now, and are you you're originally from Southern California no man I'm actually originally from St. Paul Minnesota shut up so, are you serious you Midwest dude yeah I'm a Midwest guy yeah I was <laughs> born in Chicago and then uh raised in in uh Minnesota and Wisconsin that's crazy and then I moved to Southern California around uh, I think it was 2003 or four. Uh, you know, I was probably 23 at the time, 22, 23 or 24. I just moved out here with my good high school friend, my good childhood friend, uh, Matt. We just kind of moved out here on a whim and here we are today. That's crazy. Now, when you were in, you said, was it Minnesota? When you Correct. were in St. Paul, Minnesota. St. Paul. Where now, were you, from. Yeah. were you riding in St. Paul? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we were riding quite a bit. You know, I got my first street bike. It was a Ninja 250R when I was in high school. I think okay. it was junior or senior in high school. And and uh, that's what we did. We rode pretty much from March 
you know, March, it would still be cold and snowy, but we'd be riding. That's crazy. Until, heck, man, we even rode in December one time, I remember. There was snow on the road. We're nah. riding around. You so, know, that's not too difficult. Like, you know, like being, I'm East Coast. So, like, on the East Coast, you know, it, it I, you know, snow, uh, I'll kind of not ride. But if there, the weather, the temperature doesn't really affect me as much, you know, I can layer up and, you know, long as long as there's no ice on the ground, you know, I feel pretty confident in my skill set. So, you know, but, you know, you, Minnesota, that gets a little bit colder and it gets a lot more snow than the East Coast. Yeah, no, I mean, Minnesota, Wisconsin, North Dakota, those winters are, I mean, they're known as some of the toughest winters in, in you know, the United States. And they're brutally cold. They're usually brutally snowy. Like the last couple of years, I think climate change has made it so it doesn't snow quite as much as it used to. But I mean, when I was growing up, it would snow a lot and it would be bitterly cold. That's crazy. So you move, yeah. you move to SoCal, okay, and you're yeah. doing your, and that was around like oh three ish, and you're doing your odds and ends, and then you fall into, you know, the industry. You know, let's not say fall. That's disrespectful to you, as, as, no, as who I, you I, are. Yeah, really, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like showing up at the bar, and and uh, you know, it's a bar full of hot chicks, and you're the only guy. Like you're pretty much guaranteed <laughs> to succeed at that point. That's, That's kind of awesome. how it was. I like that <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> you can't go. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. You know, walking in as the only guy into a bar with full of hot chicks. Yeah, makes sense. It kinda, makes sense. Kinda. It wasn't quite that easy, but but you know, I just fell into it. My good buddy uh, Ken Hutchison and Steve Atlas. They were both successful motorcycle journalists for for different outlets at the time and steve atlas and i we were living together okay so you know we would go and this was like when we were in our you know mid-20s so we would go early to mid-20s he was a little bit younger than i i was but we both had our eyes on the same prize we loved to go to parties we loved just to go to shindigs and schmooze and meet chicks and party and ride bikes so I would just tag along with those guys on during the industry events. And they'd be like, hey, we're going to this Red Bull party. We're going to that party. You want to go? And I'm like, hell yeah, I want to go. So we would just go. And then I just kind of would go along with them as kind of the third wheel. And then one day, you know, my buddy Ken was like, hey, man, like we need to go to the track and do some testing of some bike, whatever it was. Do you want to come and ride? I'm like, sure. So there I went, showed up. We had a good day of riding. Nothing bad happened. Um, the br- bikes were ridden really, really hard, but in a safe way, and it was sure. all good. And then he kind of say, he kind of said, "Hey, man, do you want to do this for a living?" One of the other guys is moving on. The other guy was actually Kevin Duke. He was getting yeah, a job. I know Kev. I know Kevin. Yeah, yeah. He was transitioning from Motorcycle USA to Motorcycle.com. So that's kind of how I had how how I got my foot in the door. So, so so was it Motorcycle USA? Is that was was that your first? If you want to say your first professional gig, yeah, that was my first professional gig in the motorcycle industry. Correct. So that was like a kind of up and coming online uh, portal for motorcycle enthusiasts. They had been in business, I think. They've actually they were around probably since the late nineties. Okay, nineteen ninety nines when I think they kind of started basically. But they didn't really kind of get going until the early to the mid 2000s. So when I kind of came on, it was kind of at that exact moment where things were starting to happen really fast and really good. 
So I kind of got up on the on the high on the high high end of things when things were uh, had a high trajectory. Sure. Sure. And, you know, I don't know. I know when you and I met. Do you recall when you and I met? Buddy, I can't exactly remember, man. I can't. was it, dude? It was I probably can. a party somewhere. Out no. Imagine, right? Dude, actually, it was New Jersey Motorsports Park. for the oh, M- Yes, for the F3, F3 launch. Yes. I remember. F3. Yes. And we were sitting next to each other. We were in the conference room. And for the briefing, you know, for the spec brief and everything about uh, it was the F3. What year was that? Oh, man. 11. It's raining cats and dogs here. And I had a flash flood alert come across my phone. Are you serious? Be careful, bro. It's all good. It's all good. Um, So 2011, 2011, I think, is when that was that. I think that's when the bike dropped and we were at Jersey and, um, and it's funny you mentioned raining cats and dogs because I remember it rained. We were supposed to do a we were obviously on the track one day. But we were also supposed to do a road test. But I think the day that for the road test, it actually rained. So we just kind of wrapped it up into one day of testing. That was that was a pretty fun. That was that was a fun, fun day. That was a fun day. New Jersey Motorsports Park. We were on the Thunderbolt course. And that was the day that I met Adam Waheed, who would become my spirit animal. Uh-huh. We'll get we'll get into that in a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> but I um I my 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 memories of you is I've never seen you, and this is one of the reasons why I love you, and I'm and I'm being honest as I, as Black Moses always is. But you, I've never seen you upset. I've never seen you upset. I've seen you intense. I've seen you serious. But I've never seen you upset. And so when I like to surround myself with people who are positive, good vibes, and I know it's going to be a good time. And one of the things that I love about being a journalist is when we all get together, even though we all work for different titles, uh, which could be considered competition, whatever, that term is relative. But when we get together, it's a good time. It's, you know, it's all right. We're, we're here to do the work. Let's get the work. Let's ride the bikes. Let's get our data, do our job. And then it's like, OK, what time are we meeting at the bar? What time? Yeah, we, yeah, you yeah. Know? You know, party, man. it's you know, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people are, you know, don't get to uh, experience this side of the industry where do we get you know, do we get compensated for giving our opinion on these machines? Absolutely. Is it hella fun? Absolutely. But the camaraderie amongst us journalists, you know, you and I, Rennie, um, the list goes Michael Gilbert. Like we we we, uh, we could we could go on and on about, you know, our click. I don't want to say click, but our crew. I don't know. It's just always good. And we stay in touch with each other, whether we're on the job or not. And then, of course, when we see each other at race events and other social aspects, it's like, you know, we never it's like we pick up where we like we never dropped off it's a good time man yeah no we're really lucky to be able to do this for a living you know it 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 it's obviously it's a it's a really fun job it can be a really fun job it's a really difficult job too you know when you take it super seriously but at the end of the day just to be able to ride you know with a lot of your friends and you know taste the latest and greatest uh, equipment and technology out there and you know usually in, in really exotic places yeah. It's a pretty neat gig, you know, you know lucky, but it is hard work, you know, it's yeah. hard work. No one always sees the 
the other side where you're up on the computer and it's long days and long nights and you know your boss is bitching at you and this and that and you know it's deadlines kind of a drag, and drag but when you're there doing the actual thing it's pretty good you know what man i learned that you know it's it's you know it's it's, it's riders like you i've learned a couple of things about our craft just by being in your company, watching how, you know, watching you ride is something else. That's ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to Adam Waheed is one of the best non-professional riders that I know. I said it black Moses approved, put the stamp on it. It is what it is. Non-professional, um, buddy. Come on. Jeez, well, you know, like, you right. Title me? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're looking now, you know what? I, you know, you're absolutely right. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said non-professional racer. Is that probably a better? I was just joking. But, no, well, I want to get it right. No, no, no. I don't know. I, I would say that's probably right. You know, I was, it was funny. Like, now that we're talking about this, I was hanging out with a good friend of mine like a last week or two weeks ago, you know, and he's a professional racer, you right. know, been racing and riding since he's a child, you know? Right. And, you know, every sport we do, he always beats me, always beats me, beats me, beats me, beats me. Even the sport we did, you know, the other day, he's only did it a few times. I've done it probably a hundred times and he still beat me. And I started getting really down on myself. I'm like, for God's sakes, like I can't even do that better than him. God, oh, <laughs> I suck. But then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, this guy, he's he's a professional racer. You know, he's right. been doing this since he's a child. He's never had a real job. He's never had <laughs> a real job. A gas right? station. He's never. He like he is a professional racer. That's his job, his career, his whole life. So if you're not as good as he is, that's okay. You know, no, you're absolutely right, man. And that's the thing where and and that's what I was kind of leading into is that, you know, to be in the company, like realizing, you know, not our stations in life, because, you know, our best I, I think it's safe to say that our best our best day anywhere else pales in comparison to our worst day on the job as a journalist, as a motor journalist, you know, because of the stuff that we get to do and the places we get to go. But I've been blessed to be in a position where I get to be in your in company of gentlemen of like yourself. And I, you know, I learn, I learn, I learn not only, you know, on the bike, but also how, and when I was talking about you, you being, you can be serious when you're paying attention. And when you ask questions, you know, you, it's even sometimes you ask me questions and it's like, wow, you know what? You really want to know. And I think that that's clutch. A lot of times you're not just going through the motions. You know what I mean? When you ask a question, you sincerely want to know. Even when you ask me, you know, how am I doing today? I believe that you really want, you really care about how I feel. And that means a lot to me. So when I watch you in situations where questions are being asked, you are really seriously, you're not running through the motions. You take your job seriously. And that to me is one of the things that I picked up. Not that I wasn't taking it seriously, but I learned how to be more, I, I learned how to really ask the right questions and how to listen to the answers so that when I had to do my job, when I had to process the data and translate it into my own words, it became a little less difficult because I learned how to listen, not just talk, but for me to listen to to the answers. That helped me. So thank you. That helped me tremendously 
in my personal journey as a motor journalist, as a person in this industry. So thank you, Mr. Waheed. I appreciate you. Black Moses appreciates Adam Waheed. Wow, buddy. That's quite the compliment, man. Thank you so much. You know, that's keeping really, it 100. That's I'm a, keeping it 100 with you. Big compliment. You know, I've always been a real inquisitive kind of person ever since I was a child. You know, ever since I was a kid, I was curious George. I always yeah. wonder why, 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 why? You know, my parents probably slapped me up the side of the head probably 300 times because that's all I said when I was a kid. Why, why, why? <laughs> and even to this day, like I, I'm just always curious. You know, I'm always wondering why, 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 why? And, you know, the people know me as a real lighthearted guy and I like to have fun and I joke around a lot and I seem not super serious. But when it comes to like testing bikes and doing the job, you know, I take it really seriously. Yeah. And part of the reason why I take it so seriously is because there's so many in our people in our industry who don't take it seriously. Right. So, you know, and I think, you know, the readers and the audience, they always gravitate towards the guys who know what they're doing and know what they're talking about. Because I was that guy. I remember back when I was a kid. You know, I'm like, what bike should I buy? And I'd flip through magazines like, what bike should I buy? And, you know, the guy I would say, this is the bike. So then I would literally <laughs> drive to the dealership and buy that bike, you know. Right. And and it had a big it had a big, you know, reflection on my decision making process. And then, you know, after I came into it a little bit, I would read other people's stuff and see what they'd say. And then I would get on it and I'd be like, what the hell are they even talking about? <laughs> like they're on the planet. Mars, you know, right, so way off the mark, way off the mark, just totally, just totally off the mark, one thousand percent. So, you know, at that time, I'm like, man, like we're in this cool position where we're able to to relay the information uh, about these machines uh, to people, and I just want to make sure I'm not doing the reader disservice by giving right. them, you know, good, true, accurate uh, information. And again, like I'm always curious, so I always want to know why, why the swing arm angle is this, why they use this, uh, you know, CPU controller in the ECU. Why, why, why? Because all that stuff makes a difference. And yeah. legitimately, all these manufacturers and all the people we deal with, they have a story to tell. You know, they don't always know how to tell it, but it's in their head or it's in their their people's head. So, right. you know, our job is to kind of slowly kind of, you know, get it out of their brains. And, uh, and share it with the world, you know? Uh, see, I like how you said that. That basically sums up our jobs, you know? Like, it's to translate. Basically, we're translating the language from the manufacturer to the consumer. Totally. And, and it all depends on, on what your audience is, you know? Like, I like to think of my audience as every person, really. Like, whether you're a super tech geek, whether you're a rider who you know, kind of really enjoys the feel aspect of a, of a motorcycle or a particular piece of gear. Uh, or if you're just someone who wants a little bit of a story, wants a little right. bit of an entertainment, like that's kind of who I envision the audience being, you know, a little bit of everyone. Cause that's, that's at the end of the day, everyone wants something a little bit different. Yeah. Well, how many titles have you written for <coughs> magazines, sites? I don't know. I feel like I haven't written for very many at all. I've never really put put it on paper. I'm sure there's actually been, God, at least over 10, I would think, maybe even over 15. I don't even know, but I've, I've never really put it on paper. But I wouldn't, at the same time, I wouldn't say 
I haven't, I wouldn't say I've really written or published a lot of content for a large number of, of, uh, of media outlets. I know, you know, Basm, uh, Wasif, who does a lot of the car automotive stuff, I'm sure he's been published 10 times more than I have, you know, but I think overall, I think I've done a good amount of work for a good amount of, uh, uh, media outlets and organizations. You know, and that's, you know, and it's cool because you, you're, you're, regardless of, you know, what title, you know, we, you and I have worked together, you've done some stuff with Sport Bikes Inc., which is, you know, amazing. Um, you are an incredible, equally as great a writer, you are a rider. So it's interesting how it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, the, the one thing that I, I, I've, that I've appreciated about you is your consistency. It's like you're, you have a specific voice and it goes, you know, it tips a hat to what you were just saying about understanding your audience and what they want to hear and who you envision is reading, uh, reading your, your words or watching your videos, listening to your voice. You have a, you're very consistent. It's very interest. It's very easy to identify a Wahid piece. And is that something that, are you conscious of that? Is that something that you, you know, are you aware that that's, that that exists? Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've been doing this for such a long time. At least it seems like such a long time for me that it kind of, it has a little bit of a format to it. Okay. And it's not, it's not necessarily, I want it to be the format it is. It's just, I do it so much that it kind of has to have a format, just kind of like you have a, uh, a line and assembly line, you know, you right. have the, the screws over here, the guy who installs the screws over here, the next line where the, the parts are slapped together. And you kind of have to have it a little bit of assembly line because if you don't, you're just not going to be able to keep up with the sheer volume of, of, uh, of content production. I mean, we live in a crazy world, man. There's just so many new things uh, to talk about and write about and, and, and showcase on video and take photos of every day that you can easily get bogged down in, in, you know, trying to do it all, but not really producing anything. Sure. So I, I kind of do have a little bit of a format. I would like to change it up and okay. do something a little different, but you know, maybe, maybe the audience should help me direct, direct me with, with that. But I'm definitely open to change. You know, I always try to, to tailor my content based on, you know, the outlet that I'm doing the work for. You sure. know, like case in point, when I was doing stuff for for Sport Bikes Inc. magazine, uh, which I really appreciate the work. Thank you for having me on those, for sure, on those man. press intros and, and those assignments. Absolutely. But I, you know, I would I'd flip through your magazine. I know your your audience is a little bit more East Coast based, specifically yeah. in, in the you know in the New York, Jersey, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. So yeah. I try to kind of tailor the content to the, to what I would think those guys want more than you know some some person on in the west coast or some techie geek kind of person you know? sure you know and that you know and that that was i would say you were very successful you know i have access to the analytics so i know who was reading what and uh you know yeah dude your 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 articles with sbi were you know upper echelon, upper echelon. <laughs> i said it upper funny. echelon <laughs> Thank you. but it's listen great, now great it's a great rap song too <laughs> upper echelon. echelon. Get it. Get it. Oh, wait. Okay. So now you, me having the privilege of being with you on 
several, uh, you know, several launches. And I know you have relationships with, you know, photographers. Shout out to Brian J. Nelson. Shout out to Kevin Wing. Uh, anyone else that we work with. But you have this, I hear you say this thing. And it's almost like you, you say it out loud. But it's almost like you're saying it to yourself. And, and this is what I hear. It's time for the stunt show. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as, look, okay, so those who are listening, Adam Waheed Waheed likes to wheeling, and I believe any opportunity given, Adam Waheed will wheelie whatever we're riding. And so, you know, I'll hear stunt show, showtime, and here comes Adam. Your your comment cracked me up, dude. I really I was actually I'm very flattered by this. But like when when you first rang me up and you're like, you know, it's showtime. You know, kind of like how you know Jeremy McGrath, like King, like like showtime Jeremy McGrath. Like, yes. however, when he was on his dirt bike, it was time for a show. Yes. <laughs> and it's like whenever we get on the bike at like a press intro or a big photo shoot, that's kind of always the joke. But it's also kind of a serious joke because really. That's what it is, man. It's a show. We're trying to get, you know, really excellent photography, really excellent videography of the bike being ridden in an aggressive way. Right. Because realistically, that's what people want to see. I mean, that's what I want to see. I don't want right. to see anything but, but that. So it's always kind of like a running joke. All right, it's stunt show time. Time to put on the show. Yeah. But – it's kind of true, you know. <laughs> it, but it's funny though, because like you know, it goes back to your 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 riding ability. You know, you it's without a doubt, Garrett. I don't think we've been on, and we've been on several, but I think every one you just you just wheeling. If if if, if we're on track, you hit the back stretch, boom. There's one wheel up in the air. If we're on, <laughs> we pull over and we do, uh, you know, when we do when we do shots, you know, I've, most recently we were talking about in Vegas. Uh, you know, when we were on that road, that, that stretch of highway, and we all pulled over and we were doing our rolling shots. And Garrett, you just, boom, one wheel. There it is. And it's fun to watch. I mean, you make things fun. And that kind of, that's why I claimed you. We were in Spain when I claimed you as my spirit animal. Um, <laughs> because you are just so, you're such a, you're such a great, in my opinion, if, if there was, you know, they, we talk about, we, you and I have individually talked about brand ambassadors and influencers influencers in the, in our industry. If there was a brand ambassador for moto journalist, I think, and it's based on several factors, I'm going to say this, your ability as a writer, your ability as a writer, and your attitude about our industry. I believe that you should be, you should fall into that category of brand ambassador for moto journalists. I think you, you personify, you know, and I'm, and I'm not just, I'm not just blowing smoke, man. You know, I keep 100 and I speak my heart and I speak my truth. You are one of those guys. You're like, you're the motor journalist, motor journalist. That makes sense. Well, geez, buddy, will you write a letter to the MIC board and maybe <laughs> come up with a new category for that? And then maybe motorcycle that industry council, title? motorcycle yeah. industry council. We are officially, officially proposing a new category <laughs> for, you know, brand ambassador of moto journalism. And I hereby nominate my homeboy, my bro, 
Adam Wahid for the first. If we can get a second, if we can get someone to say, Adam, you can second the motion. Do you second the motion? I can't second it myself, buddy. We'll find we somebody call, to second the motion. Someone over there and see if they can second it. Maybe, maybe Ty will do it. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Black Moses wants this to happen. So life in the fast lane. We're changing lives, y'all. We are doing big things and we're changing lives. I want to move on to, you know, we talked about press launches. Do you have a favorite? We can't, it would be unfair to, to ask you to talk about your favorite bike, your favorite, uh, you know, manufacturer or piece of gear or whatever. That would be unfair as, as a journalist. Our job is to be objective. But do you have a favorite or memorable experience on the job that you want to talk about or share? God, there's really been a lot of them, man. There's been a lot, a lot, a lot of them over year over the years. Usually, you know, for the most part, riding the bikes and and going on the cool trips and riding the brand new, you know, badass track bike on the badass track tires, the most awesome MotoGP circuit is really cool, obviously. But really, what what makes a trip really fun is the people you're with. To be yeah. honest with you, yeah. You know, that's kind of 80% the battle. So there's just been a lot of great trips over the years. You know, usually when I'm with, with my with my good industry colleagues, that's when the trips are always the best. You know, we ride really hard during the day and, you know, do the jobs to the best of our ability. But, you know, 6, 7, 8 p.m. at night, you know, it's party time. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. And, and and we indulge. And We, and we, we indulge so well. <laughs> Yeah, we indulge, man. But that's kind of the spirit. I mean, that's the deal. You know, you do your job and you do it hard. And then, you know, obviously, you know, the the, the the nighttime activities, you know, that's not why you came. But at the same time, we go so we're so focused on, on going hard during the day when we're testing that, you know, partying and, and having some fun after hours are the deal, dude. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think sometimes that gets kind of lost in, in stuff, but you know, pretty much when I'm surrounded by by good people, we're always having a good time. You know, it doesn't matter if we're stateside in California or if we're in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> wait, okay, so wait, real quick. So wait, before we move on to the next point, do you want to talk about Spain? Oh, the rain in Spain. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Jeez, man. You know, uh, yeah, that was a real deluge. Marcus DeMichael of Yamaha uh, was on the show a couple of episodes back. And we briefly, and of course you came up, um, and we talked about the rain in Spain and how it was coming down so hard and sideways. And I even, even on that ride, in the rain, you wheelied, which I was like, this guy's insane. Um, But when we got to lunch, (laughs) <laughs> you said, well, what was that? Three words. Press Three. ride over. <laughs> Wait, say it again. What was it? Press ride complete. Press Yo! ride over. Oh, my God. When Okay, so it was raining. Ladies and gentlemen, it was raining so hard. And we pulled into lunch at the halfway point where we rode up a mountain and we did our photos and we did our tracking shots and we did everything and we pull into lunch and we are soaking wet. And Adam Wahi, who rides everything super hard, fast, talented, showtime, stunt show, the whole nine. 
<laughs> Adam walks in and says, press ride. Over. And when Adam called it, it was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, there's, I said to myself, if Adam's calling it, there really is no more data that I can process on this ride. If Adam has proclaimed press ride over, press ride was over. I threw my keys to the brother who was driving the chase truck, asked him to load my bike up in the chase van, and I rode down the mountain passenger shotgun in the chase van. I believe when you guys got back to the hotel, I was already at the bar. Uh, I don't recall, but that could possibly be. I probably stormed my room to get out of my wet clothes as soon as possible. Yeah, I was yeah, I was pretty much done at the bar already when you guys got in. Um, but it was that was uh, to me that was probably the most extreme riding on a press launch that I've that I've had the blessings of being involved with or participate uh, to, to participate in. Um, what? If you had to say your most, where where else have you been? As far as you know, you mentioned, you know, we talked about Spain, we talked about California, we talked about Jersey, Abu Dhabi. What's the most extreme place that you've written? Uh well, you know, I have a pretty high tolerance for for pain and a high threshold for you know for crappy weather and stuff like that. And yeah. that that Spain one ranked easily ranked top five. But I remember, I think in the fall of 2009, I had we had one that was even worse. Uh, wow. Same same kind of situation. You know, we were in instead of being in Spain, we were in Italy. I think it was during the test ride of the then all new 2009 or 2010 Hypermotard Duke okay. Ducati. Right yeah. when they came out with the Hypermotard nine. 39 or 959 or 79796. Okay. 2010 Ducati Hypermode 796 press launch fall 2009 in Italy. We were riding around the the Bologna countryside and all of a sudden, you know, it was fairly nice weather like, you know, mid 60s, fairly nice and all of a sudden it we were in a downpour. And not only a downpour, it was like a freezing rain downpour. Oh wow. 60 and probably 35, 30 degrees in a matter of minutes. And, you know, we were all ill-prepared with wearing no rain gear, wearing warm weather riding gloves. And and I remember the the press liaison at the time, our buddy John Paulo Canton. Shout out know, to John. Good dude, good dude. JPC. Yeah, great guy, but, man, he's a militant. He's a militant son of a bitch, man. He just, keep going. We're going to keep marching. I'm like, dude, I'm like my hand, like, I can't even feel my hands. Like, I'm going to crash the bike for God's sakes. Wow. And uh, keep marching, keep marching, keep marching. And, uh, you know, we, it was just like the, 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 the Yamaha press launch from last year in Spain. You know, we completed the ride, but it was, it was pretty miserable at the very end. Wow. It, There's nothing worse than being, you know, cold, being wet. Uh, having to ride on super curvy roads when you are cold and wet, you can't feel your hands and you can't manipulate the controls. Uh, things can get kind of sketchy in a hurry. But thankfully, yeah. I don't think anyone had any mishaps. And, you know, we were able to warm up later on at the hotel and, you know, put back a couple glasses of, uh, you know, Bolognese wine and life was good. Life is good, my brother. Do you have any keys to happiness? 
Like if Adam Waheed, if you could, if you could, you know, if you could help somebody and say, you know what, this is how I maintain happiness. What would those keys be? Have you, if you, if you've thought about it. And the reason why I'm asking is because you, when I said earlier, like, you know, we've talked about the party. We talked about, you generally are good for my soul. You're, you're a happy dude, man. You're a happy go lucky guy, lighthearted, good dude. How do you maintain that? Especially in our industry, that can be a little bit dicey. I'm not going to say shady, but it can be difficult sometimes to be us in our industry. How do you maintain your level of happiness or enthusiasm? Well, honestly, man, like, you know, thank God I'm just a pretty happy guy. I don't know why I am. I just was born that way. Thank God, because I know plenty of people who aren't like that. So I get it. But I think, honestly, happiness really, and it sounds really cliche and stupid, but it really stems from inside. Mm. It stems with the, the being able to be comfortable in your own skin and being comfortable with being able to hang out by yourself you know, doing your own thing and really understanding what makes you as a human being tick. Yeah. You know, what do you like doing? What do you not like doing? You know, what makes you happy? What creates angst in your life? And really being able to understand those those concepts and then just following through. You know, if if there's certain things in your life that, that bring you pain and you don't enjoy doing them, don't do them. Throw them in the trash. Never they- see them again. That makes sense. There's stuff that you really like doing or it brings you happiness. You know, as long as it's not hurting other people or yourself, you know, you should indulge in those things. You know, always try to maintain a balance, though, because too much of a good thing is will eventually be a bad thing. So you got to have to have a little bit of of balance in your life. But I I truly believe that happiness uh, starts from within. You can't find happiness from another human being. I mean, they can compliment you and make you feel good and, and make your life better, but it, it really all starts with in yourself. When you're comfortable in your own shoes, you know that's when when you'll start really you know feeling good about life and being able to enjoy all the the wonders of of this planet that we get to 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 sample. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Adam Mahid's keys. Let that marinate. Let that marinate. Adam, we're not going to take up too much. bikes and drinking a bunch of booze at night's pretty sweet. Too. <laughs> Say that one more time. Say it one more time. Just joking, guys. All in moderation, guys. All in moderation. Listen, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. So I want to get into the Super Pole portion of Life in the Fast Lane. I and love this Super Pole. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's great. You know, separates them, you know, the, the pros from the Joes, the men from the boys and the ladies from the little girls. You know, got to make sure we are all life in the fast lane is all inclusive. Um, so I'm going to ask you three questions uh, and you just kind of it's kind of rapid fire. You just fire off first thing that comes to your mind or the, the answer that's truest to your heart. You ready? Yep. Tupac or Biggie? Gosh, man, this is a good one. I got to go with Biggie Smalls, man. I mean, Tupac's awesome, no doubt. Right. And Biggie, he's a lyricist, buddy. So Biggie, because of his lyric, lyrical skill. And that, I can respect that. I can respect that. Biggie's really good. Tupac's a good person, but Biggie's really good. He has the one-liners, buddy. Yeah, he's got, he's got, the, he's got the zingers. You know, the metaphorical the zingers. zingers. Dude. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Moving on. 
whiskey, vodka, or beer? Gosh, man, I'm a beer guy, dude. I love beer. I drink way too much of it. You know, I like <laughs> vodka and whiskey too, but if I had to only choose one, I'd have to go with beer. But that'd probably be good because I couldn't, you know, excess on it like I would vodka or whiskey. So beer. Okay, respectable. That's a respectable answer. Thank you. Um, last question. Preferably, preferably Coors Light so I can drink a 24-pack in a sitting. Coors Light is in case there's any sponsors out there that can <laughs> provide my boy with some course lights. Uh, request has formally been uh, entered. Um, last question. If you could take a ride with anybody, living, dead, fictional, uh, historical, biblical, uh, who would you ride with? Where would you ride to? And what would you be riding? Jeez, man, I, I've never really thought about that. You know, I many years ago, we rode with Giacomo Augustini wow. Uh, wow. in Italy. And when I say we were riding, we were we were wailing, man. We were wailing. It was very, very difficult to keep up with that guy. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. But I mean to me that's pretty much it, dude. Like riding with the with the multi time Grand Prix champ like him, like unbelievable dude in his home country. You know, and keep in mind, this is like this is when he was like probably 68 years old, like 68 year old guy on a MV Agusta F4 sport bike wailing. And it was everything I had just to stay with the guy. That's crazy. That memory I won't soon forget. What's next for for you? Like what any big trips coming up? Anything you can share with us? Any bikes that you'll be riding soon? Yeah, I mean. You know, it's February right now, and uh, the next big trip we have planned is going to Hamamatsu, Japan what? for the press introduction of the Suzuki uh, Katana. The, their, Suzuki is re, re, reintroducing the Katana from back in the day uh, and having their big press shindig in, in their hometown of Hamamatsu. So we're going to go there and get to check out the factory. A lot of people don't know this, but Suzuki actually recently uh, built a brand new state-of-the-art uh, factory to produce their motorcycles in in Japan. And the first production motorcycles to roll off that new assembly line is actually the 2019 RMZ 250 dirt bike. So that's the first bike, and this new uh, Katana will be, I don't know, the second or third bike that's going to roll off that assembly line. I don't know if it's second or third, but one of the newer ones. And I've never been there, so I'm really excited to see that factory. Uh, they say it's state-of-the-art, a lot of robots, a lot of automated processing. I, I saw that new 2019 RMZ250 dirt bike in the flesh a couple weeks ago, and, you know, just the welds on the frame and the way all the body pieces finish and just the quality of everything, it looks very high-end, very, very high-end. That's so crazy. I'm very, very keen to see what Suzuki's doing you know, again, that's a big why. I'm, I'm. It's a big question yeah. why they did this, why they wanted to to boost the quality in the manufacturing process. So I'm really excited. Honestly, I'm more excited to see their factory and see their setup <laughs> and talk to the engineers to actually ride the bike. If, that, if you can believe that. Yeah, I can. Knowing you, yeah, I can believe that. I can believe that. Is there anybody that you want to say thank you to, give a shout out, or you know, say how do you do to? Well, buddy, I just wanted to actually just say thank you for having me and 
Thank you for showering me with compliments on this Valentine's <laughs> Day, man. You sure know how to make a brother feel special. Well, you know, you know, Black Moses loves who he loves. You know, it's all good. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, man. no, just thanks for having me, man. It's always good to to talk to you and, you know, share stories with, with uh, uh, the same folks that are like us that just plain like to ride motorcycles and have a good time. Absolutely, brother. Uh, Adam, thanks a lot, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Please give a virtual round of applause for my bro, my spirit animal, Adam Waheed. Adam, thank you, buddy. Thanks, Alan. And make sure to get a hold of me next time you're in Southern California. Oh, absolutely, man. Much partying to be done. Let's do it, buddy. I can't wait. That's our show for this week. Thank you for checking in and hanging out with us. Thank you to Adam Showtime Waheed for checking in and hanging out with your boy, It was a great show. Adam's a great guy. Please make sure you check him out and give him some love and support. Dude's one incredible rider and writer. See what I did there? Please follow the show on Instagram at Life in the Fast Lane Official, on Twitter at LITFL Official, and on Facebook at Life in the Fast Lane Podcast. Please hit that like, that share, that, you know, you know what I need you to do. Show love, subscribe, keep checking us out, help the show grow. We're going for 100 episodes and more. We'll be right back here next Friday with an all new episode of Life in the Fast Lane with your boy, Mr. Black Moses. That's me. I'm gone. I'm Jerry P. Tuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 